Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Schaffer, along with Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 134. Artie, 134. And then we got Izzy down here, too. Izzy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm chilling. I am chilling. Excited to be back. Doing the damn thing. Yeah. Took a, took a week off, but we're back now. Hey, sometimes you need to recharge. Absolutely. We're charged up this week. How's that? Is that where we are? Okay. I'm charged up. Already, I, we, we, we got a lot to get to. Uh, number 34. Do you have a number 34 for me? I do have a number 34. I literally found this five minutes ago. Uh, so so bear with me as I, as I pull up my 34. Um, give me one second here. This guy played way, way back in the day. It's not Shaq. It's not Shaq. Uh, this dude played in the NBA. He did play in the NBA uh, from 1954 to 1964. Dude by the name of Clyde Lovelet. Anybody heard of Clyde Lovelet? Not no. no. No takers? I didn't think so. So Clyde Lovelet played for the Hawks in the NBA. Your team, Jared, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, little known fact about Clyde, first player ever to play on an NCAA, Olympic, AAU, and NBA championship team. Uh, and he's a white guy. So first player to ever do that. Uh, played college basketball in Kansas, where he won an NCAA championship there. Um, he was a you know career 17 point per game, nine and a half rebound, two assists, uh, career highlights. So Clyde Lovelet is going to be my number 34, continuing the, tra- uh, the tradition of little-known athletes uh, that, we're, that we're doing here. So... Yeah, I like it. Izzy, anything? No? no? Not this week. I'll be on it next week. Hey, I got you. That That's perfectly fine. I got one. And, Artie, this one caught my eye because of the guy's last name. Okay. okay? Wayne Terwilliger. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of people know. Friend of the podcast, Ben Terwilliger. Okay. Right? Former East Carolina University pitcher. Just signed a, a pro contract, uh, I believe, last week. He's down in Lakeland, Florida, getting ready for his season to start. I texted him. I asked him. I said, hey, Ben, tell me, are you related to this guy? And he said, no, I wish, but no. So I was thinking, hey, at least he's got the same name. He only wore number 34 for two seasons. Okay. Uh, I believe it was 1951 and 1955. One time with the Brooklyn Dodgers and the other time with the San Fran- or with the New York Giants. Um, he went on, he won two World Series, one as a player, one as a manager. Um, brought the only, was instrumental in bringing the only World Series championship to Minnesota where, where he played a lot of his time. Um, but Artie, another thing that really took me by surprise, and I know this was common in this era, Wayne Terwilliger, when he turned 18, he joined the Marines. In 1943, he joined the Marines. He goes overseas, uh, serves in Japan. He's in Iwo Jima, Saipan. Uh, His tank, he was in a tank, and his tank was destroyed over in Japan. And then he goes on and has a pretty decent career and. 11-year, 12-year baseball playing career, and then a 30- to 40-year coaching career. Amazing story. Wayne Terwilliger, number 34. 
Uh, so yeah, that that's my number thirty-four this week. What a life! That's just an amazing life in, in general. That's a that's a one of a kind life, right there. Yeah, he lived to to be about ninety-six. Um, died in twenty twenty-one. Um, but yeah, that that was fun to us. Honestly, in preparing for this episode, I spent most of the time googling who the hell is Wayne Terwilliger, <laughs> and is he related to Ben? And then I was just like, let me just text him. Um, and thankfully Ben got back to me quick enough. Um, that's a true friend of the podcast right there. Artie. We took a week off last week. We talked about it Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. We took a week off. We're charged up now, but look, here's why we couldn't come to find a time that worked for all three of us. And it's a, it's a three person show. Now, Izzy, you're welcome to the show. Um, now we could have just said, you know what, we'll, we'll put out any generic content, but we're not going to do that. That's not how we roll. We only put out the best of the best content. Strike two. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's your breaking. Cause Jared and I have done that. On numerous occasions, so that's that's your official welcome. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We we love you, Izzy. We love you. Um, but we don't we don't put out shit content here at the Boneyard Podcast. No. And um, we're we're gonna keep it real. So uh, last week we were like, there's not much to talk about. Uh, ECU basketball sucks. Uh, ECU football not not happening. ECU baseball not started yet. So. Uh, now we've got a little bit to talk about. Uh, we got an awesome interview coming on here in a little bit. Um, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, we, we just didn't want to put out honestly crappy content, uh, just for the sake of it. We'll, we'll leave that for the other guys. All right. Um, I, I was told not to put that in the tweet, but I'm going to put it out here on the podcast. Cause if they listen to our podcast, that's fine. Um, already EC basketball still struggling. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Honestly, at this point, let's just – I think EC may win one more game the rest of the season with Javon Small out. Winston Tabs entered the transfer portal today. I mean, <laughs> we were all so hype about him coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a – what a hey, Coach Schwartz has got a new team on his hands, but what a um, lackluster finish to a season that had such a – impressive start under a first year head coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, the, the, the start of the season was like, okay, this is, this is a little bit of promise. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's what I expected under first year coach, uh, you know, Mike Schwartz, but it was definitely promising. It was definitely exciting to see. And the way this year is ending is like, Oh, okay. This is, this looks like typical ECU basketball that we're seeing right now. Um, look, I, I always thought Schwartz was going to get a two year mulligan. Honestly, this turning around this program, is one of the, like the, the more, more grandiose things you have to do in the entire country is trying to turn around a program that has been non-existent for its entire history. So, I mean, I think he's always going to gonna have a two-year, maybe even a three-year mulligan to try to try to turn this thing around and get this in the right direction. Um, I will say, you know, I still believe that it was a good start. I still believe um, in the program that he's trying to build. I still believe in Coach Schwartz. Absolutely. We are not abandoning the ship. On Coach Schwartz, absolutely still believe in the guy, still believe he can turn this thing around, but definitely a disappointing end. I mean, I think they may they they'll get two more wins. 
I'll say they'll, I'll say they'll get two. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them more than just one more one. They'll get two, but that's that's probably it. Who do they beat? They beat Tulsa. That's fine. But who else do they beat, Artie? Who else on this schedule? Other than Houston, we all know it's coming. <laughs> I just hope we don't lose by forty to Houston. If we if we lose by less than forty, I'll I'll take that as a win in my book. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I guess possibly SMU at home on on the fourth of February. I, I think I think we might shot two other teams. That's 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 all I'll say. I, I think we'll get two more, and and that's going to be all she wrote for the season. Now, if we are, now we could get no more. We could just lose out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's also real. Possible. That wouldn't that would not surprise me. I mean, and then you got you got Temple, who's receiving votes. You played them twice this year. Um, you played them honestly fairly tight for the most part. Um, both times this year, I believe uh, the second one was a 15 point blowout. Uh, you beat Tulsa on the road or at home. Now you got to go on the road to Tulsa. Tulsa sucks. Tulsa sucks, <laughs> but so do we. Um, we can lose to anybody, Jared. We can lose to anybody. We lost to South Carolina State, Artie. <laughs> we can lose to anybody. <laughs> they were they were 0-7 when they beat us. I will say, though, there is one team that had a worse loss than, than we did this past weekend. That was NCANT. I want to shout them out real quick. They lost to 1-20 Monmouth at home. 1-20 Monmouth. So, yeah, they definitely have a much worse loss than we did. But, yes, we lost to South Carolina State. I mean – Izzy, did you have any input on, on this? Any thoughts? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can say is it's like his first year as a coach, he didn't – I mean, he got a lot of new players, and it's, you know, a lot about chemistry, playing together. I know when we had – because our head coach came like two or three years ago, and each year we started winning more and more. But the first year, it was – it's like the old coach and their culture and then the new coach trying to make his culture. And it's hard for a first year coach. Um, but yeah, it's not very good right now, but that's, I think there's a lot that they can do with it. They're all good athletes, a lot of them. So they have a lot of potential. I think now, it, it takes time. Now let me ask you. So, I mean, being an athlete yourself with a new coach coming in, I mean, what, what is your, I mean, your thought process? I mean, a lot of the guys that were under Joe Dooley last year, they're gone. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys are Schwartz's guys already. But yeah. what, what's that kind of like, anytime you're getting a bunch of transfers in and building that chemistry, how long does that usually take for, for a team to build that in, I mean, in yeah. the off season and then going into the season? Um, well, I'll say – from my experience, we were kind of the newbies. We were Adler's girls kind of thing. Um, so when we came in, it was 10 freshmen and then a transfer. So tons of new people and then 10 of the old players. And I think it honestly, for us, like relationship wise off the court, like we got along really well, like for something for girls who hadn't really known each other and had completely different coaches, we got along really well. But on the court, it's a big adjustment also because the girls are older. Like we had a lot of fifth years and stuff. So, I mean, that was a whole season. And then after that, 10 of them left basically. So then it was again starting kind of new this year. 
But this year, I think it was all, since we we're all under Adler, almost all of us, it was more, it was quicker for us to kind of get that chemistry together. But I'd say, I mean, at least a season, if not two. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. chemistry is, I mean, that, that's, that's, a lot of people don't really understand just how important chemistry is. You, It's not enough to be good players. Like, you have to like the people that you're playing with. You have to genuinely like your yeah. teammates and want to compete and give your all with your teammates. So, you know, that's that's a very underrated thing in a locker room is chemistry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also just having the same mindset as everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if someone's – if two people aren't on the same page – then it's going to affect everyone else. Right. You all have to kind of be locked in together. Um, and I think that's really, again, really hard for a first-year coach. Um, most of them are his guys, but it's like he didn't have enough time to really embed everything that he wants to. It's only been – I mean, it's been half a year, but, like, that's it. That's – in the grand scheme of things, that's not super long. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I personally just think it's going to take time, but – I think there's a lot of potential and I've, I've met him, the, the head coach, he's a super nice guy and he's very driven. I've heard, and he, he really has a good culture that he wants to build, but it, it just, it's not built yet. <laughs> and to that point, I mean, Kim McNeil was hired four years ago and I mean, we're seeing what she's doing with this team, with, right with this ECU women's team. I mean, they, yeah, they've, they've lost a couple games here recently, but they're still a very good basketball program they're still beating teams and beating them handily and the games that usually they wouldn't be in they're now in and uh it's it's exciting to see that at least one of our our teams is back um to playing pretty good on on the hard court now Artie, tonight big game big game tonight (laughs) i'm ready i mean we're we're recording this a little earlier ecu women they play uh, South Florida later tonight, seven o'clock. So that game will be over by the time this thing comes out. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. ECU goes into Tampa tonight and, and comes out with a victory. Thoughts? I mean, I can I can see it. I can absolutely see our our women's team going into Tampa and and walking out with a victory. Like like you said, Coach Kim has got this this team where they need to be. And, you know, you said year four, obviously it was going to take time, but she needed to do it her way. And now we're seeing like we're, we're seeing the fruits of her labor and, and, and the fruits of every coaching or every coach on that staff um, and the team. So, I mean, at this point, no, I, I would not be shocked at all to see them go into South Florida and walk away with a win. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it. Um, and we're, we're working on it, y'all. We're working on getting Coach McNeil on the podcast. McNeil on, Yes. She seems uh, like a good interview. We're, we're talking to the people we need to be talking to, trying to get it scheduled, working around our, our calendars, working around her calendar, trying to find where it fits. Um, that was honestly we had we had a chance to do it last week. It just did not work with, with the schedules. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons we decided not to record last week. Um, so we're gonna get Kim McNeil on sometime soon. Artie, we are we're coming up with some big name interviews here soon. I won't release all of them, but I mean, there's one that is gonna knock some people's socks off that I'm working on right now. I am, I'm honestly very excited about it. Um, I have, I don't even think I've told either of y'all, but we're we're working no. on we're working on a big one, um, like, like big big. Um, 
That's what and, we do here, man. This is what we and do. No, okay. And no, you won't have to buy tickets to go eat dinner with them. Um, <laughs> already gets it. Um, yeah, we, we got some big interviews. Um, tonight on this episode, Vern Davenport, former chair of the ECU Board of Trustees, also leading, uh, leading the charge in building donations for ECU's NIL collective Team Boneyard. Artie, with the changing landscape of, of ECU and college athletics, I mean, from a, from a non-athlete to somebody that, I mean, we, we don't get to reap the benefits of it. I mean, what, what is your thought on, on these athletes uh, getting paid and, and being able to go through the, these channels with, with NIL collectives? Well, I mean, it's 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 the times that we're in, right? I mean, this is just exactly what we need to be doing. Um, every other school in the country is going to be doing it. Every other big big time program in the country is going to be doing it. This is just the times that we're in, and the athletes deserve it. The kids deserve they've deserved it since the beginning of time. They're making these schools billions of dollars, not millions, but billions of dollars. Some of these programs are making billions of dollars. So, and at the very least, millions. So they absolutely deserve a little bit of, you know, not even a little bit. They, they deserve a full slice of the pie, right? Like they actually deserve their cut. And I'm happy to see that these athletes, not just football, not just basketball, but athletes across the board are all being able to get their cut in a piece of the pie. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I'd wear, a, I'd rock a Marinelli uh, volleyball jersey. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what we need. Izzy, why, why, why don't we have that yet? We actually do. <laughs> We do. Yes. Um, on We got like an offer with Fanatics and they picked a couple of the teams and volleyball was one of them. And if you go on there and go to ECU, they have each of our names. You can get them customized, sweatshirts, T-shirts. Oh, that is cool. Go get it. Go get it. Yeah. Let's pull over to the side of the road. Buy a Marinelli volleyball jersey. I don't care. Go do it. That's, what, that's your call to action this week, y'all. Yes. Go go buy one of those. I mean, <laughs> so how does that work, Izzy? Does that does that go like a portion to you, or is yeah. it split amongst the team? How how does that work? Um, I mean, honestly, only my family's bought it right now, so <laughs> I don't know how much. I think it's a certain. It's like not a big percent, but it's obviously money that we're getting from it. Um, I think it was maybe like fifteen percent, maybe around that. Um. But, I mean, they just kind of – it was, like, from the school they kind of offered it that I guess Fanatics reached out to them, and then they reached out to us, and we just had to sign sign up, and it was really easy. And as long as 80% of our team did it, which they did, then it would be put online. That's, That's awesome. sick. How That's much sick. How much are journey's going for, you know? Jerseys, I'm not sure. I don't, I honestly don't know if they have jerseys. Um, I think they have a lot of like apparel though, maybe like mm -hmm. hats, sweatshirts, things like that. Probably just, it's, I don't think it's much more than a normal, you know, Under Armour or um, Adidas like sweatshirt or t shirt would go for. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, as we mentioned, we, we've got one of the main players, instrumental in, in, uh, helping ECU, who's been instrumental in helping ECU uh, build their NIL collective, coming on the podcast. Uh, we're going to have on Vern Davenport.
Vern. Welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Not bad, not bad this evening. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing? Better than we deserve, for sure. Um, <laughs> Vern, so tell me, you, you former chairman of the board at ECU, um, you, you leave that position in, in, I believe, what, 2021, and now uh, you're, you're doing your personal work still, but what, what is it with Team Boneyard? What, what, what are y'all doing there? Uh, boy, it's a long story. How much time we got? Like three or four hours? Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot to that question. Um, I think very simply, uh, uh, I and three other pirates, uh, Hank Hinton, Henry Hinton, and Travis Burt, uh, came together uh, and formed a, a collective, which effectively is a an organization to facilitate the relationship between student athletes and businesses for the purposes of NIL. Um, and it's a, it's a wild, wild west regarding uh, how this is uh, forming and uh, developing, uh, et cetera. But basically stood up a website, uh, solicited and, and got some donations and contributions and facilitated some relationships fundamentally to give our student athletes a, an opportunity to engage in some activities to capitalize on their name, image and likeness and to ensure it's done uh, with good governance and meeting all the compliance requirements and that the student athlete knows that if they're, you know, if they're brokering a deal, they're going to get paid for, they actually have to facilitate the the work or do, do the work. And also they, uh, they have uncle Sam to deal with. So it's not like uh, if you're doing a business arrangement that you can escape uh, the tax implications of it. So fundamentally standing up the capability to facilitate that because all of that has to work outside of, the athletic department and the university. Um, so that's the, that was the intent of standing up team Boneyard. Gotcha. And very, you know, with, with the current structure of this, I mean, how, how big are you guys trying to, trying to make this and, and how big do you want it to get? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I don't know if you can make it big enough, um, yeah. but you know, we, we I think we kind of teeter on um, football and athletics is so important to uh, pirate nation. Um, and the NIL is important to student athletes. They want the opportunity to, to be able to participate. Um, and we want to provide them that opportunity. And, and fundamentally, it is taking uh, businesses and donors who want to create a, a contractual relationship with a student athlete to be able to, to do that in a, in a proper way. Um, but it can't be a recruiting tool. Um, not supposed to be a recruiting tool and, and seems like we're dangerously encroaching upon that yeah. uh, across the nation. And, and if it becomes a recruiting tool, I, I don't know how anybody competes year in and year out for that. I think for us, it is creating an opportunity, having money to facilitate it, uh, doing it properly. And, and I think for team Boneyard right now, being able to successfully sustain it. Uh, because I don't think you can go back to the same donors who are who, who want to see the infrastructure grow with our capital campaign for athletics that's, that's going on. And and I had a call today with with a great pirate who's like, tell me about Team Boneyard and the NIL and you know what should be my strategy relative to giving to the university or giving to to uh, Team Boneyard for the NIL. And it's a it's a perplexing thing for someone to consider, particularly given the newness of it. Um, you know, in the infrastructure, if you donate to that, you know, that's going to stand the test of time for 50 or 60 years. But if you give to Team Boneyard and facilitate an NIL deal this, this year, and then we got to do it again next year. Um, so 
for college athletics and for the athletes today, the NIL is really important. Um, and we've had, we've had great success, particularly recently with Pirate Nation stepping up, contributing to Team Boneyard and, and candidly exceeding our internal expectations of, of that participation. So I feel like we're in a really good place at this moment. Uh, particularly with the you know the the portal coming up in March and recruiting kind of kind of being done, uh, being able to have uh, the capacity that we have and create the opportunities for the student athletes, I think we're in a really good place. The challenge is how do you sustain that year after year after year? Um, so I think about that, and that candidly, that's the the next step for us as a collective is to get a board form. We actually had a meeting on this today. Um, and that board to create a strategy for sustainability year in and year out and execute that strategy so that we can provide those opportunities and, again, do it in a very compliant-oriented way. So when student-athletes come to ECU, there's a place that they can go uh, provide their their value, broker it with the, uh, the business relationships and do it in a compliant way. Awesome. Yeah. And talk, talk about some of these – these businesses that are working with, with the team Boneyard um, and how, how much has the team Boneyard raised so far? Well, I, I don't think numbers are really good to give out cause it's like uh, anybody else, somebody else has got more than we do. Um, but, but I will tell you that uh, uh, pirate nation has been really awesome, particularly over the last two or three weeks as we put some real uh, emphasis on this, but it's the same group of pirates that you would expect to step up. So if I gave you a list of 50 names that were going to be in the campaign or uh, or be here, you you would you would probably be able to call all those names. Well, that's not sustainable when it comes to the NIL. So we we've got to we got to have a different strategy, you know, one that can create uh, uh, recurring contributions, a recurring relationship with those athletes, et cetera, that um, uh, that is more process oriented sustainable than kind of the episodic crisis of the portal that we're trying to deal with today. So I think we've responded to that. I think we responded in a way that the coaches feel really good about what they can say to student athletes about the NIL opportunities they'll have as a part of being a, a ECU student athlete. Um, but there, there's never going to be enough money, right? Um, you know, we're 15, 20 million dollars away uh, on, on the way of a 60 million dollar capital campaign. Well, every dollar has gone to the NIL didn't go to the capital campaign. Um, and there isn't like a, an infinite amount of money that it comes in for Pirate Nation for all the needs that we have. So it's a it's a challenging environment that we have, but it's kind of the game that we got to play right now. And um, uh, and I'm pretty proud of the way, way Pirate Nation has stepped up to allow us to participate. Gotcha. Now, you mentioned, you know, there's, there's kind of like a set number, uh, you know, of donors and it's, it's your typical, maybe it might be your same donors that are that are kind of contributing uh, to Team Boneyard. What do you think it's going to take to get, you know, some of the younger alumni that maybe aren't as connected or maybe just left school or maybe been out for about five to 10 years, but are not really contributing the way that you would like for them to? What do you, what do you think is the strategy to get some of the younger alumni? Well, there, I think there's two dyna dynamics. I think we have that issue, period, right? And, mm -hmm. and I know that uh, the... Uh, uh, Letterman and the work that the Pirate Club has done to bring Letterman back into the family and get them to contribute, even if it's a hundred bucks or 50 bucks, just to get them in the habit of giving back and staying connected. 
the most important thing is, is giving them a reason to stay connected and have them feel like they're still part of the family. It's so easy to, you know, take your helmet off for the last time and, and leave the program and, and kind of, you know, maybe go to a game or something, but you, you know, get on with your life and, and on to your next thing. But, you know, it's really important for us to, to give them a reason to, to stay connected. And, you know, the Pirate Club's done a really nice job with that. That will give us exposure to them to talk about what the NIL, NIL is and how student athletes are benefiting from it, what they're doing to deserve the compensation, what the compensation means to them relative to opportunities. You know, a lot of the, the experiences that they get through these opportunities are really preparing them for their next phase of life, being a professional or, you know, once they graduate and, and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of goodness, uh, a lot of goodness there. So I think the dimension of bringing in, you know, our younger uh, uh, alumni, our younger lettermen, keeping them connected is something that will benefit from the emphasis that the Pirate Club and the Alumni Association is putting on that. And for us, we'll do some marketing uh, of the NIL to give people exposure to it. Because right now, you know, there is limited exposure to Pirate Nation of TeamBoneyard.org. Though you know, we're making some progress, there's still a lot of work for us to do on, on the marketing front. I think the other the, the other place that we've got to focus and, and when we talk about sustainability is really connecting to the Greenville and greater Greenville business community, right? Because it, it really is those businesses that can can create opportunities for student athletes to perform a service, to get compensated, and to have some experiences that prepare them for you know their their post-graduation life and for us to go into the the business community of Greenville and, and greater Greenville um, and, and have them create a relationship with the collective that allows us to have a sustainable relationship with our student athletes I think is a is a great opportunity for us you know to kind of come back to the same donor year after year after year after year I don't think is as sustainable um, but but connecting it to businesses and and, uh, uh, and it doesn't take a whole lot of you know, money coming from those businesses to make a big difference to student athletes for the NIL program. You talked earlier about about how uh, the NIL is completely different than than from the Pirate Club. Uh, I mean, what what are you able to do as far as like talking with the with the athletic program? Is there any line of communication there? How, how does that work? I, yeah, I think that the, the line of communication primarily is to ensure that we're always compliant with NCAA with what we're doing, right? So uh, so I think there's that optic of proper compliance and governance, meaning that any business relationship that gets facilitated between a student athlete and a donor or a student athlete and a business is absolutely uh, uh, meets the criteria of being NCAA compliant. So we don't want to ever do anything that that crosses, you know, that line. And then I, I think there is a, maybe the right term is reasonability. Um, there might be some opportunities for uh, an NIL deal that are not appropriate, that is not uh, not something that is representative of the standards or the optics that are um, uh, commensurate with the values of East Carolina University and our athletic program. So I think there's, you know, we have to be mindful of that. So if there's ever a question on that, that's something we would want to check in with the athletic department and, and make sure that we're, we're good with, or they're not good with, and, and, and therefore never do anything that we're out of step with the, with the university or the athletic department. Um, however, outside of that, 
this is a completely different relationship. It's a business relationship between the athlete and whoever the other counterparty is. Um, and you know what the collective does is try to ensure that that relationship is consummated appropriately. The service is provided, the the compensation is is uh, uh, paid, and taxes and others uh, those considerations are are facilitated. So it really is a, a kind of a marketplace where you want to bring businesses in, match them with athletes, consummate the deal, make sure it's properly. Uh, handle from a from a business standpoint and a compliance standpoint um, and do all that because the, if not it's the athlete and that individual and that creates a or that business and it creates a lot of opportunities for uh, missteps along the way gotcha and you know outside of, of nios are there other aspirations that team boneyard is trying to do with the funds that they receive or is it just strictly just nil strictly nil gotcha. nil it, we we have you know we have a great relationship obviously with uh, our athletic director, John Gilbert, um, uh, we want to stay completely in sync with uh, with the athletic department. We want to stay completely in sync with the Pirate Club. You know, the Pirate Club is a little bit of a, a, a conflicting set of priorities for them, too, because they every dollar that comes to the NIL could potentially have gone to the campaign or gone to the Pirate Club, et cetera. But they recognize the importance of the NIL program for our student athletes. So they're completely in sync with us, with our strategy, and we want to always be completely in sync with them. And ultimately, it becomes the decision of the, the donor of the business as to where they want their, their funds to go. But it's our job, I think, to, to raise the awareness of what the NIL program is, why it's important to our student athletes as an opportunity, why it's important that Pirate Nation provide the support uh, to engage student athletes in, in these types of arrangements where it makes sense for both parties. And again, to do it in a, in a compliant um, and appropriate business way. That's, the, that's plenty for the, yeah, <laughs> the collective to do. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. When there's no paid staff, there's, there's no money coming into, uh, you know, there was a website built countless hours spent on this by those of us that have, that have volunteered there's no money coming into the collective whatsoever. There's no overhead. There's no administrative. There's no nothing at this point in time. It is it is all uh, caring, passionate pirates trying to do the right thing for our program. So all the money is given to the to the uh, the relationships that the student athletes are engaging around the NIL deal. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, I put the link at the bottom if you're watching on YouTube. The link is at the bottom. You can donate now at teamboneyard.org. Um, Feel free to do that. We'll also put a link in the show notes on Apple and Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. There, there should be a link there um, and in the comments section of our of our YouTube. Um, yeah, Vern, I, uh, I wanted to ask you one last question. Oh, this is always a dangerous one. The last this one. is the this is the toughest one. The hardest question we're going to ask you. The, the answer, hardest question. The answer is no. <laughs> oh, well. Then I'm I'm hoping I mean I'm hoping you change your mind on that answer. Uh, have, have you been to to a great establishment? I'm pretty sure they donated to Team Boneyard. It's called it's called Sup Dogs. Um, I will tell you, I have probably spent 
as much time on Fifth and Cotant Street as any pirate that's ever gone to ECU. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you all of those stories, but uh, yeah, I know a little bit about Sup Dogs, and I know a lot about Fifth and Cotant. Well, the question we like to ask all of our guests is, when you get a Sup Dogs after a great ECU victory, what, what, what's Burns' order? What's Vern Davenport's order at Sup Dogs? It's kind of like one of everything. You get a group of people around you, yeah. And they order everything that they like, and then you eat off their plates and take all their straws. Gotcha. Okay. I I, I know to watch out if I if I'm ever at yeah. Sub Dogs with Vern. You ha- you definitely have to watch out for me there. But it, there's is there any greater place in Greenville than than that place to, to yeah. gather with your friends and 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 talk about all the goodness of uh, the university and, and Eastern North Carolina, et cetera, and what great pirates they are. Right. Great story. Great business. But boy, they're committed to our community, committed to the university. They're they're great partners for us. Uh, and boy, I think everybody appreciates them. So uh, I appreciate you bringing them up. But yeah, I have spent a, a few minutes in that place. <laughs> place is fantastic. Um, yes. But yeah, Vern, thanks for joining us on the Boneyard podcast. Thanks for talking about uh, Team Boneyard and, and ECU's NIL. Um happenings um we'll, we'll have to have you on i'm sure we could talk plenty about your time at ecu and your time no, we, at on no, we can't <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do that off the air well we can i'd love to talk about it off the air uh, we, um, we can do that look i we appreciate the visibility is it, again I, our biggest challenge is people understanding what it is um how to participate um uh what's different and unique about it why they should versus the Pirate Club, all we are all aligned. That Again, the ending message is we are all aligned. This is important for our university and our athletic department and our student athletes. There's there's a place for this, and there's a uh, you know obviously alignment with the Pirate Club and the university. But this is a very important moment for our university. If you think about, sorry to maybe end with a with a soliloquy here, but you know we are the, the program is being rebuilt, and we have tremendous momentum. Mm-hmm. baseball off the charts, men's and women's basketball, boy, they're really coming on. What Coach Houston has done with our football program, people coming back, we're post-COVID. We have so much momentum. We can't let the air out of the bloom by not giving to the opportunities that our athletes are counting on and basically looking at where they go to see if those opportunities will exist. It doesn't mean that they're going to have them, but they've got to have the, the opportunity to participate if they've got something to offer. And we've got to provide that that marketplace for them. And again, that's what team Boneyard is all about. So we really appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity to, to tell our story and, and please, if there's anything that I can do to help anybody answer any questions, whatever I'm here to do. So, so thank you for the opportunity. For sure. Thanks Vern. Thanks for joining us on the Boneyard podcast. It's been, been a real pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you. Go Pirates. Go Pirates. That was Vern Davenport, new friend of the podcast. Artie, did you get all your questions answered? I, I feel like I know a lot more about the ECU NIL collective and the NIL as a whole. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He he definitely answered, you know, all of my questions and then some. He went into great depth and, and detail on everything that, you know, they're trying to do with the initiative. You know, obviously this is strictly NIL. This is strictly just a thing that they are trying to 
you know, not only promote, but but help out the university, help out these athletes in every way that they can. So it was a great interview, and I really appreciate Vern hopping on with us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Artie, make sure, if, if you're watching this, if you're listening, go to the link right here, teamboneyard.org, all right, and uh, donate because our athletes deserve it. And uh, I don't know what to say to those that are like, hey, I didn't – I had to pay to go to college, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you also didn't give your blood, sweat, and tears to the university. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> no, you, you did just not. Didn't. You, yeah, exactly. You had, to, you had to get up for some 8 a.m.s and go to class. That's about it. That, so. that was the only tears I shed. That <laughs> when I was leaving. That or when I was being carried out of a bar. Um, but that's another story for another time. Um, Izzy, I'd like, to hear, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, yes. on that. and. And on the NIL collective, and mm-hmm. if you've heard of any of it, like from from a, a volleyball standpoint or from just an athletic standpoint as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to reach out to him after this. Uh, I didn't know about that at all, actually. No one had said much to us about it, but I will definitely – have a conversation with him about it. Yeah. Um, tell my teammates too. And it just sounds like it's just coming from such a caring, genuine place. It, and I, I want to help them just as much as they want to help us. The, the thing is, is, I mean, there's so many alumni and look, I'm, I'm, I haven't donated to team Boneyard. I'll be honest. I haven't done it yet. Haven't yet either. Not yet. But it's going to happen. What I'll say is, is, I mean, I, I'm a small fish in a, in a big pond. Okay. I, I can't give, I got a baby on the way, y'all. Uh, <laughs> talk yes, about expensive. Um, <laughs> I got to, I got to pay their NIL to get them to college eventually. Um, Cause if they're like me, they're not going to be an athlete. Um, but give any anything you can. Like we, right. it doesn't have to be much. We've talked about this plenty and plenty of times before. Right. It doesn't have to be an earth shattering amount of money. Yeah, that's how you get a press release written about you. But it doesn't have to be that. You can give and support this program, the program that we all know that you love. If you're listening to this show, we know you love it. We know you love it. So go and donate to Team Boneyard, donate to the Pirate Club, support this program, and that's the, that's the way you succeed in college athletics. And ECU's alumni base is fairly large. It's it's huge. It is ginormous. And and so we, you're absolutely right. Just donate. We may you we may not have the the um, donors or or um, those that are walking around with heavier pockets than we are. Um, like some of these other schools, but we've got the alumni base to, to support this program. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take, it doesn't take $500 million to support this program, but anything that you can give, that's not going to don't, don't put your family out of a house to support this. But if if you can support it, do it. I ask you, um, you'll, you'll be thankful that eventually, um, we're, we're going to be in a place to where we're competing with, with some of these, uh, how, how do you say 
um, more endowed. Is that, is that how you would say it? Yeah. Um, schools, yeah. These, these, these schools and programs that are, that are, that are definitely more endowed and, and deeper pockets. Yeah. And, and bigger pools than we got. Yeah. I mean, SMU has a 40 year head start on us. I, I saw that on Twitter. I, I don't know who said it, but, um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I, I just got that. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, some of this stuff has been happening across the board. It, no, not, it, it's been happening since forever. Now it's just kind of legalized. So. And now, yeah, now it's legalized. And now it doesn't have to come from two donors who are saying, hey, like sliding a check for $50,000 under the table to somebody to help pay his mom's house off or whatever. Right. That's right. now it's just going through the open. And, um, but it, it's not, it shouldn't be a pay for play. Um, so yeah, go donate. I beg you buy, buy Izzy's Jersey and go donate. Yes. That's what we're asking for. Izzy's Jersey first, then go donate in that order. And then Izzy has to give us like a two and a half percent cut. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. See, this is why this is why more athletes should do stuff with us because we'll we'll plug your shit. Hey, we're gonna put you on as much we're, as we can. We're gonna put you on. I'm uh, telling them. I'm telling them to come on. Hey, tell them. <laughs> tell them. Uh, so, Artie, um, whole nailers, a man that. Uh, yeah, what a what a uh, last few weeks he's had, right? A man that has earned himself the bag. Maybe not in college, but. He, he's starting to earn himself the bag. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Dude's getting paid. Whether it's undrafted or draft. I mean, he's been named the MVP of three straight bowl games. Yeah. I mean, and you're not just playing other American conference teams. You're not just playing other small teams. You're playing guys that are coming from Penn State. You're playing guys that are coming from some of the bigger programs. Right. In these bowl games playing with them and against them. And when you're the most valuable player out there, it tells, tells a whole lot about you. I mean, whole nailers hasn't thrown an interception since uh, the two lane game so back long in, back in uh, early October, I believe mid October. Yeah. That, that was week two. Of, that was week two of the Ficklin era in the Shaffet household. Uh, <laughs> I remember very vividly. Uh, Thicklin is my dog, by the way. So um, very cute. Much of an asshole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's named the NFL Players Association Bowl MVP. Went nine for 12 with 189 yards and a touchdown. My question to you, Artie, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Does whole nailers get drafted? You asked me this a couple weeks ago. I said, no, he does not. Now I'm sitting here a couple weeks later and I might have, I might be singing a different tune. He's, he's definitely proven me wrong. Cause you know, I, I, I thought that he would be on somebody's roster. Um, even before all of this, he was absolutely going to be on somebody's roster, but I thought it was going to be on, you know, you know, an unrestricted free agent or undrafted free agent. Um, but with everything that he's done, I mean, I, there's really not much more he can do to increase his stock. He's done everything he can possibly do to get his name out there, increase his stock, become you know that that kind of name is like oh well maybe he should be on these draft boards maybe we should be looking at his full body of work and what he's he's capable of and you know he is a fully grown man he spent five years at East Carolina 
He's not a kid. He's not, you know, some second or third year kid coming out. He knows how to play at an elite level, at a D1 level. He's done it for a long time. So for me, I, I think that he has a possibility. I will say a few weeks ago, I said he, I, I didn't think he had a possibility. I think now he absolutely has a shot and a possibility of getting drafted. I still think it's probably sixth, seventh round, but I think he definitely has a, has a shot. Artie, Mr. Irrelevant just started for yeah. a yeah. team that played in the in the yeah. NFC Finals. Yeah, and had he not gotten hurt, maybe you know he'd be playing for a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's Tom Brady was drafted with what the 199th pick overall. Yep. Whole nailers, whole nailers. It's gonna make somebody very happy very soon. Um, I saw a lot of people saying he should go to the Bears and be a backup. Uh, I I'm not a, I'm not against that. I'm not. I, I mean, that. I, you know, I'm not against that either because I'm a Bears fan. Um, but I would I would want him to go somewhere he's gonna get an opportunity. He has he has no shot of ever being a starter for at least the next four or five six years. He should go to the Jets. So I, I, would I don't wish that to, on anybody. Yeah, I, I would like for him to go somewhere where he has like an actual legit opportunity to start maybe within two, three, four years after developing, you know, into a pro quarterback. Going to Chicago, he, he's he's just going to be a backup. I think he'd fit in well in Baltimore. Well, that's if they get rid of Lamar. Lamar's coming to Atlanta, baby. That's if they get rid of Lamar, then, you know, the, the, the QB room is open. But you think Lamar's coming to Atlanta? I don't know. I don't know. Fixes a lot of problems. <laughs> I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for Houghton. I'm very happy for what he's done and the position that he's put himself in because we're having a conversation that he could be drafted. And I didn't think that was possible a few weeks ago. So, yeah. And I'll say this as my, I'll, I'll be uh, preemptive with my walk the plank. Reese's Senior Bowl, if you don't invite this kid, Walk the damn plank. I mean, yeah. he's shown everything. Yeah. To, he's been a true leader. He's shown everything he needs to show. Invite him to the bowl game. Let him win your MVP, and then let him get drafted in the fourth round. Let's, let's do that. Fourth is still too high. Fourth if he won, if he won the Reese's Senior Bowl MVP, three All Star Bowl game MVPs, showed out at the combine. I mean, he's not. Has he been invited to the combine? I, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I know. Uh, Keaton C, CJ and Keith. I mean, what does a dude have to do to get invited? What is what does somebody have to do? Well, it's it's more than just what have you done for me lately, too. It's a, it's a full body of work, dude. It's a full body. Look at of the work. numbers, Artie. Round, if he gets drafted in the fourth round, that means he's a top, what, eight or ten quarterback in the draft, in the entire draft. In all of college football, that that you're putting him at top eight or ten, if he's getting drafted in the fourth round, because you got three guys going in the first, and then you sprinkle in from the second and third. Fourth round means he's a he's a top ten national quarterback. Is he? I mean that that's where I know I'm going to get shit on for this. I mean, uh, fourth is that, high. I'm just saying that, that that's where Desmond Ritter got drafted last year. Des Jared Desmond, I mean, come on. Look at the numbers, Artie. Took Cincinnati to the playoff. Okay. He also didn't have Scotty Montgomery coaching him for half his career. <laughs> that is true. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that his development got 
delayed two years with, with Scotty Mo. I'll, I'll I'll give you that because so, that was a disaster. I'm just saying, look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Fourth round is high. That's all on the fourth round is high. He look he, sixth or seventh round as long as he gets drafted. That's all we care about, right? Yeah, that's fine. I, I I think I, all I'm saying is if he won the MVP of the Reese's Senior Bowl, plus you look back at his numbers over his career and the offenses he's played in. I mean, he's been a leading passer in the American pretty much every year, top three passer every year in his career. I mean, it, he just has. Mm. He's done the damn thing. And he's shown, yeah, he used to make mistakes, dumb mistakes. I, but he hasn't made those mistakes in seven months. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I trust me. I, I love it. I'm just. Whole nailers, first overall to the Chicago Bears. There you go. Book it. Artie just said it. As much as I love Holt Nailers, and I would love to see him as a backup in Chicago, if they drafted him number one, I I'll, I will no longer be a Chicago Bears fan. I just have to put that on. That's not going to be a thing. I'm going to have to go somewhere else, and I love Houghton. But no. Artie, anything else? I know we got an announcement to make. We do. We do. I think that was it, though, right? Was that was that everything for the week? That's all I got on the notes. High that's energy this week. It was high. We we brought it. We said we're not going to put out shit content. We're not putting out shit content. Good job, go team. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, we were supposed to make this announcement last week actually, um, but we didn't. Um, but I'm I'm excited to make it. Already, we've talked about this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, we're not bringing some random Hall of Fame baseball player to Greenville to, and honestly, he's not even a Hall of Famer. Um, Shade. Bringing him to Greenville so that you can pay to listen about him writing his book and eat dinner <laughs> with him. Um, we're not doing that. That's not our announcement. Uh, our announcement. And I mean, it, it's it, it, we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. We're joining the Variety Sports Network, um, Variety Sports Collegiate. Um, it's a great opportunity for us and for us to grow the brand of East Carolina university, get in front of some more people. Um, look, we're not making money off of it. Once again, like this isn't something to make money off of. We've said from the get go, um, the way we make money is by getting people to go buy Izzy's Jersey. Um, that that's how we make money. Right. But we're, we're not making money off this. We we're going because we want to provide better content. That's the exact reason why we brought Izzy on. We, we believe that she can help us build better content. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what we're doing. This All of 2023, we've talked about 2023 is the year where we come out and we hit hard. We yeah. come out with good content. We do different things. We're not just sitting up and recording. Uh, we've talked about doing some different videos for YouTube, different things on TikTok. We're going to start doing more live shows, all of that. And we figured when we when we were approached by VSN, we figured, okay, this is an opportunity for us to kind of get a handle on some of that and have other content creators to talk to um, and, and work with. Um, it also opens up a pipeline of, of future guests. And, and when it comes to football season and baseball season, They've got a lot of great content. I've actually known a, a bunch of them before I even knew about 
uh, Variety Sports Network. It, it's something that we've been in that's been in the works for a couple months now. Um, so yeah, that that's our announcement. I mean, it like I said, it's we're not we're not labeling it as a big announcement. Um, we'll, we'll leave that to the other guys once again. Um, but it, it is an announcement about the podcast. I, I I'm excited where this thing goes. Already, um, we we built it from the ground up and I mean, the numbers we do are pretty good compared to other sports podcasts and, and we don't do it for money. We don't do it for fame. Lord knows we don't do it for fame. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do it because we're fanatics and we love ECU. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is, this is about exposure. You know, if, if you build it, they will come. And, and that's what we're doing. We are, we are building something right now from, from where we started what three years ago now. You know, when, when we started this thing, can you believe it's been three years? That's insane to me. Um, but from where we started in the middle of COVID, right before COVID happened, and to be able to per- persevere and build this 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 brand and build this podcast up and to be where we are now, um, extremely excited to be doing this uh, this partnership with Variety Sports Network. And like I said, if you build it, they will come. So we just got to keep building. Yeah, so uh, we'll, be, we'll be sharing some of their content, some of the other podcasts from Variety Sports. Um, we'll be sharing some of that. We'll be, um, talking about them a little bit more as we, as we go on, but yeah. So this podcast is is a variety sports network podcast for the foreseeable future. And, uh, we're we're excited about it. The, the sky's the limit for the boneyard podcast right now. And, um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited because it gives us the opportunity to do more, more stuff for, for the podcast and more, more of the things that we've wanted to do since we began it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when I talked with Izzy, when we were interviewing Izzy, i mentioned some of the things that we wanted to do. And I was like, Hey, like, what are your thoughts on this? And it sounds like she's, she's bought in. So Izzy, yes. you've come, you've come at a good time to join the ship. Yes. yes. <laughs> we're excited to have you. Thank um, you. So Yeah. That that's really it. I mean, I I already kind of gave my walk the plank earlier, Artie. You know, um, I gotta be honest. It's been a it's been a good last. Well, last week I was just tremendously busy, so I, I couldn't even, even if I did have a walk the plank, I wasn't even watching sports last week. To be honest with you, I, I had um, one last week, but I feel like it's not timely anymore, so I, I won't say yeah. it. I, I I've been going at the NHL on Twitter for for a couple weeks now, um, so they didn't get Martin Natchez into the all-star game, even though he had the most Twitter votes out of anybody in the NHL. Somehow Jeez. he didn't, he didn't get the NHL fan vote. We're on a hurricanes loop. Now we're, we're going to cry about uh, a hurricanes player not getting to the, to the all-star Hey, game. I mean, the hurricanes are the second best team in the league. Just beat the number one team in the league last night. And when they beat them, they beat the shit out of them. Boston. Are they going to do, do in the postseason though, Jerry? I mean, are they gonna trade deadlines the, coming up in a couple weeks. Season champs don't mean nothing to me. Are they going to do it in the postseason? I I think this year we make at least the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Okay. We shall see. Nobody scares me. Nobody scares me. (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we leave, before we leave, Izzy. Izzy, the Eagles. Yes, the Eagles. Yes. How do we not mention that? Super I was thinking about that. 
How you doing? You you climbed up any uh, light poles recently? <laughs> no, but I saw too many videos of other people doing it. <laughs> Philadelphia, honestly, like I would, I think that's on my bucket list is to go to a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles game when they're good, because mm-hmm. catching a game in Philly when they're good has to be unmatched. Mm-hmm. Those fans are just insane. Yeah, I said to my roommates, if the Eagles win, I might have to fly home for the parade because last <laughs> time that they won, I was, I think, like 14 or 15. Okay. And Checks out. my yep. dad was like, you're not going into Philly for the parade at 14 years old. That's smart. I couldn't believe that he told me no. So if they win this year, I can't miss it again. I can't. Facts. Facts. And honestly, I'm rooting for I really do hope Jalen Hurts and, and the boys get it done. I do. I hope they beat old, old Patty Mahomes. Yeah. If I if I had to pull for somebody, I'm going to pull for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Joey Pinto, shout out. Yes. You're listening Pinto still. Beans. You know he's on cloud nine right fly, now. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> what is it? On the road to victory. <laughs> right. Yeah. E-A-G-L. E S Eagles. Oh, Eagles. There we go. There we go. Artie, Izzy. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a good episode. We're right on an hour. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's do it. As always, Pride Nation. Wash your hands, wash your butts. We love you. I got nothing to say. Deuce. Peace.